Quick, very quickly, what do you think about Kamala Harris? She's supposed to be out front on these issues. She has not been. What's your takeaway from that? Well, interestingly, they released a readout this week between her and a member of the cabinet, Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, and they talked about the incident of the uh, Border Patrol on horseback who aggressively confronted the Haitian migrants. So it, show, it was an example of the White House showing she was connected to the issue in some way, but she has repeatedly said that she's focusing on the root causes of migration and that the border is a separate matter. What we are learning and seeing in real time is that you really can't separate the two. Yeah, it really cannot. This has been a problem from the beginning of this administration. Thank All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome to the Wayne Dupree Show. I'm your host, Wayne Dupree, along with Leah Bella and the Godfather, Ms. Hutchbeck. Good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, there's there's some uh, there's some uh, shenanigans going on 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 the hill this morning. Uh, like I said when we started off the show yesterday. This show wasn't going to forget about the people that are being left over there in Afghanistan. I don't care how, what type of distractions, uh, uh, I don't care how many times Joe Biden decides to get up in front of the camera and take a booster. I don't give a hoot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't. Uh, I don't care how many times that uh, you see all this uh, uh, on, the, on the Haiti, on the Haitian people um, across the border. We already knew that stuff was going we still have people left over there. We have unfinished business to do. And Biden isn't even th- publicly thinking about it. He didn't say nothing about it. And you have to think about our American people. Now, I'm not really, I hope this don't sound bad. I'm not really worried about a whole lot of the people that helped us. Now, I'm not, again, I, I hope that don't sound bad. I just want to get our American people out. Right. America first. That makes total sense. Then, you know, then if the people come trickling after that, then then fine. But I don't see anything from this from this administration. This is supposed to be a president. This is supposed to be an American administration, a presidential administration that has not been serious about getting Americans out and um, and then lying about it and droning kids and not even still going after the people that killed our soldiers. They haven't been serious about it. You know, and I mean, I, Hutch, for you, you being military with me, you know that that can derail, demoralize troops. It can anger, it can, not to say, but some probably could take some action in their own hands. That's infuriating. The the sacrifices that a lot of these soldiers have made, just think, can you imagine being one of the flight crew, Wayne, that that had a a cargo plane filled with Afghan military-aged males knowing that you left Americans behind so these people could come in and infiltrate the country? I mean, it's unbelievable uh, that part of it alone. It's like it, you had the capability to get them out because you got all the Afghanis out. Right. You know, why weren't those Americans? It's unconscionable. I don't see how Mark Milley or everybody in the chain of command involved in that decision. I don't know how they sleep at night. I don't either. I don't they either. truly think that they have done nothing wrong. They think what they did was the correct action. And not only that, but now they've made our allies feel like they can't trust us. I wouldn't trust us. How can you? How you can can't. You? And then, and then on top of that, and we also have some clips because they're uh, because the generals um, are on the the hot seat. Um, yeah, the generals are on hot seat right now. But you, I mean, you got people that are saying, well, we use Trumps blueprint or reuse uh, uh, Trump's <laughs> no, you didn't. policy and whatnot. And one of the senators that I'm going to play in a second, he was like, that's 
That's bull crap. Um, Trump. There was no he already crap. told him. He told him we're not going to leave one nail. I told him right. don't leave one nail there. Right. Yeah. right. And, and it's like there was no treaty. He could have changed anything that he wanted to based on the new situation on the ground because you know things are always changing anyway sure. and you've never used the trump blueprint in your life you did everything opposite of him why would you use his blueprint now don't try to use him as an scapegoat. goat no doesn't work yep um let me see uh <laughs> tom tom cotton had, had a had a real nice question yeah, for general millie earlier this morning. Actually, I kind of almost lost a little bit of water that I was drinking when he asked the question, but check this out. General Milley, I can only conclude that your advice about staying in Afghanistan was rejected. I'm shocked to learn that your advice wasn't sought until August 25th on staying past the August 31 deadline. I, I understand that you're the principal military advisor, that you advise, you don't decide, the president decides. But if all this is true, General Milley, why haven't you resigned? Senator, as a senior military officer, um, resigning is a really serious thing. It's a political act if I'm resigning in protest. My job is to provide advice. My statutory responsibility is to provide legal advice or best military advice to the president. And that's my legal requirement. That's what the law is. Um, the president doesn't have to agree with that advice. He doesn't have to make those decisions uh, just because we're generals. And it would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer to just resign because my advice is not taken. This country doesn't want generals figuring out what orders we are going to accept and do or not. That's not our job. The principle of civilian control of the military is absolute. It's critical to this republic. In addition to that, just from a personal standpoint, you know, my, my dad didn't get a choice to resign at Iwo Jima. And those kids that are at Abbey Gate, they don't get a choice to resign. And I'm not going to turn my back on them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to resign. They can't resign, so I'm not going to resign. There's no way. Uh, if the orders are illegal, we're in a different place. But if the orders are legal from civilian authority, I intend to carry them out. Thank you, Senator Cotton. <laughs> he, did all, he did all that stuff that he just talked about. You know, he chose which orders to follow and which orders not to follow. He contacted the Chinese communist generals exactly. and told them, if we attack you, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to rat my own country out. Exactly. Exactly. He damn sure did. That guy makes me mad. I'm sorry. That guy <laughs> just infuriates me. I mean, something just for the audience, just, just a quick little uh, part, a little bit of information. What he said is correct. All he can do is advise. The chairman of the joint, actually all the joint chiefs, their, their, their mission is to advise. They're not commanders of anything. Right. Right. You've got combatant commanders like McKenzie, the Marine Corps general at CENTCOM. Uh, that's the chain of command. It goes from the secretary, from the president to the secretary of defense to the combatant commander. Mm -hmm. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is not in the chain of command. Mm -hmm. His only chain of command is while soldiers, while military personnel are stateside. When they're stateside, that he, he prepares them for combat. Once they ship out, He's out of the picture, man. He's he's just an advisor. Just a but, lot of people don't know don't know that. But see, that's an interesting point that you say that because actually, Millie said that if Trump would have decided to nuke China, that Millie would have stepped in to make sure that wouldn't have happened. So here he's saying, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, wait a yeah. minute. I have nothing to do with Biden. I can advise, but it's the president's final decision." Wait. <laughs> Because if Trump would have decided to nuke China, it wasn't going to be the president's final decision. Milley right. was going to have the last say. So he's lying through his face. And see, yeah. that's, why, that's why I am looking at, I mean, every day that he is in office or every day that he's in his seat, I keep looking at him. I was like, so why don't you do the same thing with Biden what, that you did with Trump? Why don't right. you contact uh, somebody? And, and 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 say the same thing about Biden, but you won't because you had you were for you were you were purposed against uh, uh, Trump and with Biden. Biden now maybe maybe Trump even listened to you. Maybe Trump listened to you. Biden didn't, as you will see in another video. The generals, well, you know, we told him, but you know, he didn't listen to us. So. 
that should be one of those things where you'd be okay uh we gotta talk to somebody we gotta let somebody know you know especially when it uh ha- when the debacle uh in afghanistan happened we also learned that right after the afghanistan situation happened in kabul joe biden didn't ask for an assessment until 10 days later think about that 10 days later let me move on to another recommendation they are reported to have made general milley uh joe biden has said that it was the unanimous the unanimous recommendation of the joint chiefs that we not maintain a military presence beyond august 31st we've heard testimony to that effect today as well when was that unanimous recommendation sought and presented to the president you're talking about the 31 August. Yes, the 31 August deadline. So, for getting so out on of 25 August, I was asked to make an assessment, provide best military advice. On I'm sorry, my time is limited here. Okay. You just get, you gave me the answer that I needed here. August 25th. Correct. Kabul right. fell on August 15th. That's correct. You were not asked before right. August 25th. 16th. On August 25th, I was asked to provide best military assessment as whether we should keep military forces past the 31st. Secretary Austin. Was anybody asked before August 25th if we should keep troops at the Kabul airport? This is uh, the president tasked us to to make to provide an assessment on whether or not uh, we should extend our our presence uh, beyond August 31st. And as General Milley just said, that assessment was uh, was made. We tasked him to make that assessment on the 25th, and uh, he came back and provided his best military advice. Secretary. Kabul fell on August 15th. It was clear that we had thousands of Americans. It was clear to members of this committee who were getting phone calls that we had thousands of Americans in Afghanistan behind Taliban lines on August 15th. And it took 10 days to ask these general officers if we should extend our presence. I suspect the answer might be a little different if you were asking them 16 days out, not five days out. (laughs) 10 days to slow the spread. Hey, that's what happens when you you elect somebody that... Is in dementia, man. Things take time, you know. I mean, you know, I thought about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ten days, and for him, and for him, he could probably say, "Well, I didn't know," because you know, it, you know, or I wasn't thinking about that, or, or maybe he was sitting on the couch eating ice cream, watching Randy Stimpy. You know, right? ice cream, ice cream going all down the chin. Wouldn't you love to be the people, the cabal that's running this country? You could do anything, yeah. anything you wanted. It, there's nothing off the table. Nope. They'll just point it by, well, he's, you know, he's incapacitated. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Unreal. It's, it's, mm-hmm. We're in a world of hurt right now. <clears throat> the Democrats got to clean this up. I mean, put somebody on the table we can debate, you know, do something. This guy got to go. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because you can't really, what can you do to Joe Biden? Right. He's, well, and old, that's, he's old. He's feeble. I mean, well, and, and I'm not. And I'm not even trying to be funny. He's no. old. He's feeble. No, it's he, the truth. He's not there to get things done as a president should be. You know. But my question is, Millie was so concerned that Trump wasn't mentally sound. I and, exactly. then Millie, exactly. and then Millie goes and he says to Miller, "Hey, look, I think that we should keep twenty-five to even thirty-five hundred troops in." <laughs> Uh, Afghanistan before we do this removal, then Miller goes and takes it to Joe and Joe doesn't use that advice. So doesn't Millie have to question his mental capacity that Joe didn't use this advice? Like, honestly, Hutch Wayne, what is the reason that Joe did not use Millie's advice? Did he want Americans to die? Does he want a forever war or is it that he has dementia and didn't understand what advice he was getting. Don't take, we deserve to know the answer to that question? Take the question and and don't give it to Joe Biden. Act like Valerie Jarrett's answering it or Barack Obama is answering it and you'll get your answer. Okay, then my then that answer they is hate like, the country. it's okay hate uh, the that country. Americans die. Then the it's answer not is Obama. Okay. Right. It's not okay. But the but the, like I said before that Obama these these people that are pulling the puppet strings on Biden are not for our country. Right. It's right. clear like, in every single, on every front. If you so guys, how- I mean, the economic, COVID, military, yeah. Yeah. invasion of the immigrants, this is all anti-American stuff. And you so, know what, too? The people, 
the people that you allude to um, are stronger now than they were when they were pulling Obama strings. See, a lot of people think that Obama's pulling Biden strings. A lot of people, I but pe- I'm telling y'all, people were pulling Obama strings. Yeah. Like crazy because there were so many things that happened under Obama, even though he came out and said it was fundamental transformation and stuff, and that's that's what he was pushing. Somebody was pushing that on him right. too. So they were controlling him and agree with me or not, I'm just going to throw this to both of you. Agree with me or not. They really, the puppet masters, really got enormous power under Trump because they got Trump out of office. You got to be a serious, powerful entity to get a president out of office after all the things that he had did in the first four years to turn things around from what was happening under the Obama administration. They had, they got enormously more powerful under Trump or over Trump where, and I say this, and I say this, um, when the election was coming down to the end, I told I told people in the show, I've never seen so many Republicans, big bigger name Republicans, come out and say we're going to vote for Biden. I know. They can't. I know. You know the other thing. The yeah. other thing, if you noticed, um, the rhetoric during the, the the Democrats never sounded as vile right. as they did during the Trump administration, and I think that gave them power. Maybe in their own minds, a lot of it was, but they were saying some of the craziest things i mean the, the people on the news and the re, like you said republicans calling this guy a nazi and everything that the democrats are doing right now yeah. they accuse trump of doing all that yeah. and you know it was a big difference between the democrats of 2014 and the democrats during the trump administration i mean geez oh i never heard them talk that way before right and i think also uh big tech facebook twitter yeah. Uh, I think they helped that as well because it wasn't as mainstream when Obama was in office. You saw Trump actually take the right. lead when it came to making Twitter a political uh, outlet. So I don't think Obama had the unholy trinity of big tech, big media, and big corporations as much as what um, they had a handle of once they realized they could take advantage of it the way that Trump was doing. Once the left learned how to meme and learned how to tweet, they went. <laughs> totally balls to the wall with it. And that backs up Wayne's point of them being more powerful because they use the unholy Trinity. Um, Rebecca says, I don't understand why Trump didn't fix voting. He knew what was going to happen. Well, there's a problem between the fed and the States. Okay. And that's, and that's something that we tried to tell y'all here on the show. Yes, we did. You got to, you got to change what happens in the voting locally by getting elected to these community boards or these council sheriff. boards. I never and realized sh- how sheriff. important sheriff is. Right, exactly. I mean, that's like more important than the president. Yeah. I mean, Trump, the government can't come in and control elections like that. Right. The Democrats have been so much in, in um, elected, uh, supplanted, seated mm-hmm. in a whole lot of these local communities and stuff where a whole lot of co- a whole lot of conservatives. But how did that happen? Well, if you would go to some of these meetings and maybe get elected, maybe you can change some of the stuff. That- I'll, I'll tell you one way it happened. If you remember back during the way back during the, the Gore, Gore Bush election, when it was so tight down in Florida mm-hmm. and you had the secretary, the very important position, the secretary of state of the state of Florida uh, ended up being very pivotal in that decision. And right after that, reports went out because I was talking about them of George Soros spending millions of dollars replacing secretaries of state in states. And I, I thought just by design, they were going to be Democrats. Well, guess what? Look at all the, the Republican secretaries of state that acted a way you wouldn't expect them to Raffensperger in Pennsylvania, you know, in all these swing states, 
these secretaries of state are, are, are ruling like Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I just Absolutely. wonder, I wonder if that, if you could trace them back to that effort that Soros made 20 years ago. That's the only thing I ever agree with China on. They just came out and said, George Soros is the devil and he's evil and he needs to be stopped. And it's the only thing that I've ever agreed with when it comes to the CCP. And he's anti-American too. They, <laughs> they said that as well. <laughs> <clears throat> So I actually agree with CCP for once. <laughs> let's um, let's uh, let's hit this hot seat back again. Well, well, give me a rough date of when they first breached uh, terms of the agreement. When they, where, where you said they were not living up to the terms yeah. of the Doha agreement. What was the first evidence that they were not living up to the terms of the agreement? Yeah, the 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 memo signed 29 February. So through this, uh, really the fighting season of the summer of 20, one of the requirements, for example. Okay, so. More than a year ago. Absolutely. Okay. Sure. Uh, I, I don't buy the idea that this president was bound by a decision made by a prior president. This was not a treaty. And it was clearly an agreement where the Taliban were not living up to it. This president, President Biden, could have come in, reasserted conditions, and completely changed the timeline. He's not bound by the president's prior agreements any more than he was bound by the President Trump's decision to exit the Iran deal are the Paris Climate Accords. So that, to me, is a false narrative. I, uh, uh, I also have to say that this president moving forward with a failed construct has cost American lives or has cost lives of North Carolinians. We're working on a case with an SIV holder who had a sister who worked for a, um, an NGO, Save the Children, and a father who was a... Ta- a um, in, in the Afghan police force. And as we were working to get through them, the Taliban, uh, Taliban 2.0 is every bit as ruthless as the one that we replaced in 2001. They sent pictures of the slit throats of people that we were working personally with. They killed this pregnant woman. They killed this police officer. And they are killing countless other people now that we should have gotten out. Secretary Austin, I, I think we do owe a debt of gratitude to the people that got 120,000, 124,000 people out. It was a logistical success, but this is a strategic failure. Failure is right. Like I said, he could have changed it. It was no treaty. You know, he changed everything else. He was Billy Badass when he walked in there. They didn't tearing up stuff like he was Nancy Pelosi, you know, tearing up the, yeah. the oh yeah, he turned up, oh, we, oh, we didn't got, we didn't uh, scratched off 125 hundred uh, uh, Trump policies. And we yeah, saw 54 that. executive orders in three days. That's but, the way to unite the country, Joe. Way to go. <laughs> and then he kills 13 <laughs> troops. Oh, really? Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I mean, have you noticed the general's faces? I mean, the generals really look like uh, up there. Lloyd Austin looks like he's dumbfounded. Yeah, yeah. He, he just looks yeah. like he's in a daze. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's he's pausing before every answer. Yeah. They're worried. They're worried. Yeah. It's almost like, well, I mean, honestly, hey, generals, you shouldn't be worried. The old man's not even, he's probably not even watching. He's probably sucking on a lollipop looking out the window right now. Yeah, and in three weeks you can go back to teaching critical race theory to all your uh, military. All the, all the 15 soldiers that are left. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, people are mad. I, I talk to them. They're, they're freaking furious, man. And there's nothing, nothing more dangerous than a whole bunch of furious guys on your team. That's what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I, you I know? was saying... You never, I mean, look, you can back somebody up into the corner all you want to, but you don't, you won't find out just how dangerous a person is until you only give them one way out. And yeah, yeah, it's through you. So That's true. You don't know how, how dangerous people are. You don't. You can I mean, only you kick get a dog the- so many times. You can only do it to where they, they bite back. And you got a lot of these guys that have had multiple, when I say multiple, some of these guys, the active duty guys, they got 10 deployments. Yeah. You know, when you when you do that, there's an old adage in the military, what are they gonna do? Send me to Afghanistan or whatever country and, and, yeah. and enter any any war spot there. Right. What are they gonna well, these guys been there a bunch of times, and when that happens inside in that community, 
you feel like you got like a one up. You know, if you you're have- a car, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask both of you. You were both in the military. Morale has to be terrible right now between uh, forcing them to um, get the vaccine, seeing 13 of your brothers shot and, and sisters uh, killed and blown up. At this point, do, don't you agree it has to be pretty grim? There's already a generational divide in the military. You've already got people in leadership positions that are going, these kids don't know how to work. Yeah. Or wow. these trans testicles that we have in here, they, you know, we can't, they, they don't know how to accept that. Yeah. You know, and they're not going to accept it and they're trying to be forced to accept it. And so you've got that clash going on. Uh, and, and now this is a universal thing here. This is this affects every military person because yeah. Yeah. everybody's sitting there going, damn, that could be me That's or that could be my wife. That could be my wife overseas. Oh, yep. And I get sent somewhere. And she gets left there, yep. you know, right. or my I mean, obviously, wives and kids aren't in combat zones. But right. uh, that's my point. You know, it, it's like. This is a a stab in the back to these people. That to me, to me, it that's one of the major power pulls of this whole thing is that the military. I mean, like Congress can say or can float the idea. Oh yeah, mandates here, mandates here, and you know we can get on Twitter and like yeah, okay, right. Not the military though. If the military mm-hmm. says we're making this right. mandatory for everybody, then you getting it. Okay, that's right. I mean, you, that's right. I mean, Line up. There is no walking around it, you know, because no. you are not your own property. <laughs> as long and as they do it, life. they do it rudely too, Wayne. You know what I'm saying? At five in the morning. Everybody get in line. Get in line right out here. Go that way. No, don't get dressed. Just go that way. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the way it is too. I mean, it's it's not it's not optional. Man. And Hutch it's, and I were talking behind backstage before the show. I worry about the mRNA ba- vaccines because this is the first mRNA vaccine that we've ever put into the human body. Do we honestly, and again, not conspiracy theory, I'm asking a real question. Do we honestly know what the side effects are years from now? We just shot up the entire military with this. What if something happens to our entire military in say three years and they're all down for the count all around the same time because they all got it at the same time. Is that so much of a far-fetched question? Is that conspiracy or is that, I mean, that could really hurt us. I'm still trying to figure out the benefits of the thing. Well, you you can still spread it and still uh, get get COVID. So I don't understand. Right. And Xavier, Xavier, you are 100% right. Trump, Trump didn't push the vaccine on the military. Not at all. He he didn't push it on anybody. He didn't push it on. Right. Right. You know, he, he, Ask people to get it or whatever. He got it, I guess. I don't know. But I wouldn't uh, have got it if I was him because he had the antibodies already. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have got it either. He had the, exactly, Hutch, yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden's disapproval rating right now is at 58%. So what's and that? You? And that tells you 42% of America's dumb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or committed to communism. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pick both. <laughs> in, going, in going back to the zero accountability for what happened in Afghanistan, that that um, that topic was just brought up. Here's the problem. I think the whole world knows. This is the cover of the Economist magazine, Biden's debacle. That had stories in it, articles in it called "The Fiasco in Afghanistan is a huge and unnecessary blow to America's standing." That was one article. Joe Biden blames everybody else. That's another article. China sees America humbled. That's another article. And gentlemen, the problem here, these are not marginal misstatements by the president to the American people. These are dramatic, obvious falsehoods that go to the very heart of the foreign policy fiasco we have all witnessed. These are life and death deceptions that the president of the United States told the American people. I have one final question. I might leave it because it's a long one for the follow-up. But here's, here's the anger. I've never seen my constituents more angry about an issue than this. And it's the combination of everybody knowing that this is a debacle, and yet people defending it as a, quote, extraordinary success. And here's the biggest. No accountability. No accountability. You gentlemen have spent your lives, and I've completely respect it. Troops in combat, you've been in combat, you've had troops under your command killed in action. 
you have been part of an institution where accountability is so critical. And the American people respect that. Up and down the chain, where there are instances, commanders get relieved. Up and down the chain, we see it. The McCain incident, the Fitzgerald incident, the AAV incident with the Marine Corps. Three-star, four-star flag officers, all relieved of duty. But on this matter, on the biggest national security fiasco in a generation, there has been zero accountability, no responsibility from anybody. Wow. And that's, and that's what I'm talking about. We mm. sit here and they have decided that they're going to go to different topics. News, they, they've pushed all this away and there has still been no accountability for uh, revenge or or um, or nobody's been fired, nobody's been removed. Uh, Biden, well, honestly, we really didn't think Biden would step down anyway, but it would have been, it would have been a great gesture yeah, on his part if he did. Yeah, you know, but there's no accountability for what happened at on the 15th of August in Kabul when they when when they took all those troops out and then hell was unleashed on that country. None. They didn't even tell them they were leaving. No. They cut, they cut the electric off yeah. in the middle of the night and left from what I understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's not America. How'd you say it, Wayne? That's not us. That, that's that's <laughs> not us. This isn't who we are. This, this is not isn't who we, who we are. The right. funny part is Trump was held accountable for a phone call. He oh. was impeached on it. Trump was banned <laughs> off Twitter. Taliban got to stay on. There was more accountability for the Trump administration than there ever was with Joe. So what does this tell me? It tells me one thing. The only reason why there isn't any accountability is because if they hold anybody accountable, then it shows that the Joe Biden administration is failing and that Trump was right. And they are going to, they would rather kill all of us and blow up America before they admit that Trump is right. They will sacrifice us all. They're holding people accountable, though. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, that Marine, got oh, locked up Trump for speaking out against weak U.S. generals and this Taliban thing. He, he gave them his resignation papers. They said, nah, to the brig. The yeah. Trump supporter. Unbelievable, man. It, it, it's, it's, it's unsustainable. No, yeah, because yeah. sooner or later, I mean, you're already seeing people on the fringe are starting to lose it, like Nicki Minaj and Rihanna, people that aren't even really politically serious mm -hmm. are, are starting to have. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought I... <laughs> they're starting. <laughs> I threw my balance off there for a second. <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, I think people are waking up. You, can, you can't have to, you know, I think the, the, the biggest personification of this was when they had, I guess it was a party or a fundraiser. It was something in Hollywood. And all the rich elites were sitting at the table in all their dress clothes and no masks. And all the hired help was standing behind them with masks on. Great. I mean, that's that's devastating mm -hmm. to people watching it. At least to me it was. And I know it had to be to other people because when's the last time you heard people like Nicki Minaj standing up for something that was right? Yeah. Right, and she also admitted that there's a lot of other rappers and NBA players out there that feel the same way. If you look at the Met Gala that um, Sandy Cortez was at, I won't call her AOC, her real name is Sandy, uh, you know, tax the rich on her dress. Yeah. Yet everybody behind her, all the help was in masks. And it, it just really goes to show you that the masks are probably more of a social, economic, uh, you know, issue than it is really about a virus. You know, um... TJ said, yeah, and the horseback patrolmen will be held accountable. You know, they got they got to the to the bottom of that so much more quicker than than uh than they've done with anything over in Afghanistan. You know? Oh yeah. And, and still and still they got it wrong. And still they got it wrong with the horse people. You know? But the reason why I'm showing you this about the the uh the uniforms and stuff is because uh, one of the senators uh, was talking to one of the people on the hot seat just a few minutes ago on this very side. It drives me absolutely insane to see the television at night and see the Taliban and all of them wearing our uniforms 
wearing our night vision, doing everything, using everything we have, our MRAPs and everything else that we left there. I just can't believe it. I can't even get an accounting of how much equipment we really did leave. I know how many aircraft we left, and I know how many, uh, basically, uh, MRAPs and, and all the different things. But not to plan better to take that equipment out it was unbelievable. Get the warrant officers, get the property book officers, subpoena them and put them in front of you. They know every single where every single pencil is. Yeah. And that shows yeah. me that they didn't use Trump's plan because Trump came out a while ago and said the first thing he would do is get all of our military equipment out of there and mm. bomb whatever was left. So they right. didn't use his blueprint. They're just trying to blame it on him like they do everything else. You know, um, you know, I've watched I've watched uh, Mansion over years, but you could tell how much that look. Um, <laughs> Every other guy in West Virginia is a veteran, man. He don't have a choice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Many people don't know that West Virginia has lost more people in the war based on per capita decide, yeah, size than any other state in the country. West Virginia has lost more people in the war, in all wars. Killed more, too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, when when you hear him saying some stuff like that, and it hurts us, too. It hurts us watching them wear our stuff. And then um, you have people from the Biden ministry. Well, you know, we we uh, we made so that the airplane, so that the helicopters wouldn't fly. And then... Uh, <laughs> We also uh, disabled the vehicles, and yeah, and uh, yeah, we we also uh, no, made sure that the guns won't fire. <laughs> no, you didn't. Next thing you know, you see the Taliban out there on parade <laughs> in MRAPs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Allahu Akbar, Aloha Snackbar. You know? Oh man, I mean, and and for. And then, like I said, the media tries to tell us to see what we don't see. All right. So, right. So the, so the things that's, that are so important or supposed to be important, they're like, ah, no, it's no, y'all should be worried about this over here and that over here. And honestly, I would say that the patriotism in America over this Afghanistan debacle, I thought was going to be a whole lot bigger. I did too. I did too. Mm-hmm. I did too. I'm disappointed in that. A lot of it's, a lot of it's the media. I mean, look, we had to create, we had to create a, an alternative media. They were so bad, but don't, don't forget this folks. I said this, I can't remember if I said this on here or not, but this is Afghanistan. In my opinion is China, blackmailing Biden. Don't worry about the Taliban. The Taliban are, they, they may be a terrorist threat, but the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Liberation Army, is who wanted those MRAPs and who wanted that night vision equipment and who wanted the communication equipment and everything else. That stuff is being reverse engineered right now. They might be done by now. And you're going to see the advent in the South China Sea of Chinese MRAPs, Chinese night vision goggles, and whatever else uh, China made Biden give to them, because mm-hmm. uh, this was a conscious decision. I, I said it before. There's no way in the world that United States military logisticians would have let that equipment go by accident, right? Because they would have been held personally accountable for it, yeah. right? And you see China cozying up to the Taliban now, saying that they're willing to work Imagine with them. That. Because don't forget, there's also $13 trillion uh, worth of minerals underneath the feet of the Taliban. So the Chinese see that. They go after minerals. They know exactly what they're doing. You know, and and to, to watch, to briefly watch those generals up there today acting like that. I mean, they're trying to be stoic, but they really look like they don't have a clue. But that, I mean, you would think that they would know the, um, the questions that are coming to them, that they would have a better response. But I don't, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're afraid of the Biden administration, but did, do you think that they're afraid of the Biden administration? 
the only thing that I noticed was whenever Millie was asked, how many troops did you suggest to stay in Afghanistan? He said, I can't tell you what I told the president technically, but I can tell you what my opinion is. And it was 2,500 to 3,500. Make your own assumption if if the president knew that or not, right? That's what he told them. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like he was trying to tell on Joe, but mm-hmm. without telling on him. And then Joe came out and said, Millie never told me this. I was not aware that I should have kept these troops in. When Millie blatantly said today, I said it. And Miller transferred the information to the president. So I feel like they're still trying to protect him. But at some point, they know that the truth's going to come out. If that makes any sense. Check this out. But does, does anybody know Biden didn't know that he had to have troops there? He's been in the government since the 70s. Right. They since probably didn't Vietnam. tell him about it. <laughs> He could probably see. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think this whole thing is they're trying to take us down these little little right. tra- trails, you know, and just uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to stay back, trying to stay at 30,000 feet. <laughs> but it gets hard, though. You know, you, yeah. you, you get you sit there and you watch these people and it's it has to get personal at some point. All right. Here's here is um, Senator I, Ivan. Ivan. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Ivanhoe, but <laughs> Ivanhoe, Inhofe, Inhofe, that's what it Inhofe. is. How many American citizens, uh, is it your opinion, are still there? Uh, just, just go down the line, each one of you. Anyone? Senator, I would. Uh... Oh, don't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a deer in the that was a deer in the headlights looking at Marine Corps General. Huh? Is it my turn? <coughs> What's his legs crossed with? <laughs> he was like, I think his legs were crossed, and he maybe he had a T and crimpet on the side. I don't know. Critical race theory being taught. She teach you to cross your legs. Check it I out. Don't know it. How many American citizens, uh, is it your opinion, are still there? Uh, just, just go down the line, each one of you. Anyone? Senator, I would uh, defer to the State Department for that uh, for that uh, assessment. That's uh, that's a dynamic process. They they've been contacting the uh, civilians that are in in Afghanistan, and uh, and again, I, I would defer to them for definitive numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. Others. Just same uh, as the secretary just said. There, there were numbers at the beginning of this whole process with a, uh, the F-77 report out of the um, out of the embassy, um, and we know that we took out uh, almost six thousand, I guess it is, American citizens. Uh, but how many remain? Well, okay. Diverse? Do you, do all of you agree that uh, Secretary of State Blinken, when he made his analysis as to how many people would be here, but would still be there? He talked about the ten to fifteen thousand citizens left behind. And uh, the and then evacuated some six thousand. That would mean a minimum of four thousand would be um, would still be there now. Would anyone disagree with that? Uh, by your silence, I assume yeah. you agree. I, I have no. Uh, I, I don't. I personally don't believe that there are four thousand American citizens. Uh, uh, still left in Afghanistan, but I cannot confirm or, or deny that, uh, Senator. So you think uh, Secretary of State was probably wrong in his analysis? No. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that aide behind Millie? There was a, a army lieutenant or captain or something sitting behind Millie. He didn't even have a haircut. <laughs> He's on the floor of the Senate. Yeah. With the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in, in dress uniform and didn't even have a haircut. That's, I guess that's the new, new military. Yeah, he's going to die at blue. He's going to die at blue. Wow, man. That's, the rest new military. Of that's, not, that's crazy. I got a haircut for the show. <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, I mean, just, that the, the first, the first general, <laughs> the first general, <laughs> yeah, that thing, right. that thing right there. <laughs> I was like, what? Maybe he thought that the cameras weren't going to be on him 
at, at that particular time or whatnot. But, he looked like he was reading Vogue waiting for his iced tea and lemon, didn't he? You know, it's like, a good thing the mic's mute when the when the video comes on because the second I didn't see that the first time. The second time I cracked up laughing. We I all were behind stage. I'm like he's sitting there with his head, leg up on his knee, man. He's got his little yeah. Ian crumpets. <laughs> Damn Marines. Oh no, I'm just kidding. The Marines are awesome. Yeah, but that was a little weird. That was weird. That was weird. Um, U.S. credibility. <laughs> we all know. I mean, Biden says that. Uh, well, first off, at the beginning of the year, he said, "We're back." That's what he told. <laughs> That's what he told back. the community. We're back. Well, I didn't know killing kids had anything to do with being yeah. back. You know, but I mean, if that's the case, uh, he says that, uh, oh, we, uh, you were trying to increase our credi credibility because we've lost so much in, um, credibility under the Trump administration. So do you think that we have gained credibility with our allies? Do we have any allies? Yeah, I mean, I mean right. Exactly. Well, that's that's the $100,000 question, isn't it? I mean, I, I look at what Western Europe's been doing, and I think maybe we should reevaluate who our allies are. For one thing, you know, when's the last time they everybody's up in arms about France? When's the last time France did something for us? Right. You know, I, I heard they I heard they sent a, you know, a, a couple of rations to Afghanistan to help us out or something. You know, I mean, but they, <laughs> I don't know. You, you look at you look at Scandinavia. You look at Norway. Sunday, Norway said coronavirus is over. Oh, they celebrated so, with cake and fireworks. They celebrated yeah. with cake and fireworks. Yes, they did. Everybody held hands. You should have seen the morale over there. It was amazing. Can you they imagine had to lock if, a few people up because they had all the bars were filled and it, it lasted wonderful. for it lasted for two days. That's these wonderful. people are six. These people are six feet eight, man. They're not little. And Joe <laughs> you know sees I mean? that. Joe sees that. You think he's ever going to let us get back to normal? I don't know. I, I just think the credibility think thing. I, 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 when I say Obama, I don't necessarily mean Obama in person, but just go back to the Obama administration, you know, ask them because they love it when we don't have any credibility. You know, they're changing everything we did. One of the best things President Trump did was in the Middle East, man. Yeah. You know, he, he put them on the job. You get rid of the terrorists. Yeah. And stuff was working out. All of a sudden, we got all these peace treaties in Israel. And well, it was amazing. Well, well, Those four years were peaceful. Well, he said, he said, you get rid of the terrorists, but. Let me give you a head start. Let me drop this Moab bomb over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so While the president of China's in the office. Yeah. Exactly. yeah and the media exactly. was furious over that and said that Trump should have never have done that. Remember how bad awesome. they made him look? Yeah. They covered it day and night, but didn't cover the 13 dead troops or the seven dead kids. Yeah. I mean, you can listen out the window that night. You can hear the Star Spangled Banner playing, man, mm -hmm. when that Moab yeah. dropped. It was yeah. crazy because the um, some of the people in the media was like, see, we didn't, we didn't hit nothing. We hit nothing. We just wasted uh, a billion of dollars yeah. on a bomb that didn't do nothing. I was like, are you serious? The bomb probably singed everything to a crisp. <laughs> How do you think you were going to find anything left over? You know, I, well. I'll tell you who it affected. It affected Xi Jinping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he made the most money of his life. Stuff, started, stuff started getting good after that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the tariffs started rolling. And then, yeah. you know, you, one of the things that amazes me, too, is that almost no one is following, is pursuing the idea that the Chinese attacked us with this coronavirus. Because I, I guarantee you, you look at the timeline, man, those Chinese were paying our farmers. Our, those tariffs were rolling in. We had the, the Chinese right. economy upside down. And now all of a sudden people start sneezing. Imagine that. And they were probably hoping that it would have killed Trump. Sure. I mean, they, they sent people, sick people, to their airports. Yeah. And yeah. said, go forth and multiply. They mm -hmm. had bioweapons mm -hmm. get on planes yeah. and, and then land in our country. They were the bioweapons, right? The, the right, affected right, people. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was, it was a perfect plan. They didn't analogy. have. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I still go back to um, China and, and what they did in their subway a few years ago, we're dropping that um, that sarin, that sarin gas. I mean, that was almost like a prelude to everything that they're doing with the COVID. You know, they they shut things down then too. They shut things down, and uh, they, you know, people didn't really go anywhere or whatnot. But 
it was something that were was released in the in the subway system. So I mean, it's not like it's it's not beyond the realm that they could have did this on purpose. Many well, of them believe that they did. It on oh, I think they, they did. Absolutely, and it's just, it's a shame that the WHO thinks we're that stupid. That there's a Wuhan Institute of Virology right there where the virus was first discovered. You have to use Occam's razor and say the simplest answer is the correct answer. Of course, oh. it came from the Wuhan lab. Oh, and who funded it? Oh, that's Benito Fauci. Fauci. Benito <laughs> Fauci. Oh, Benito Fauci. El Duce. <laughs> General Milley, in. In the fall of 2020, you said an acceler accelerated withdrawal um, would um, risk substantial gains and damage U.S. credibility. Now, I want to ask uh, our witnesses about U.S. credibility. On July 8, President Biden said the likelihood there's going to be Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. We now know he was advised actually this might happen. Turns out. It was completely untrue, that statement on July 8th. Later in July, the President of the United States, President Biden, says, I trust the, ca the capacity of the Afghan military, better trained, better equipped, and more competent in terms of conducting the war. President Biden was wrong on that. We told our interpreters, our drivers, our friends, the people who had had our backs during this entire period of time, that we would not abandon them, and that's exactly what we did. And in an interview, it's already been referred to um, on uh, network news, President Biden says, and I quote, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay and get them all out. Two days later, the President of the United States unequivocally said, any American who wants to come home, we'll get you home. We're going to stay and get them out. The President of the United States, our Commander-in-Chief, did exactly the opposite. Now, I think you were right, General Milley, when you advised that, that um, our credibility would be damaged. Our credibility has, has been gravely damaged, has it not, General Milley? I think that our credibility um, with allies and partners around the world and with adversaries uh, is being intensely reviewed by them to see which way this is going to go. Uh, and I think that damage is one word that could be used, yes. Yes, and uh, Secretary... First time we ever said anything honest. <laughs> but that he was almost like pulling it. teeth, though. That, I mean, he could have added, he could have added a... He could have added a phrase to it and said, uh, and I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to step yeah. down. Yep, sure could. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching the Wayne Dupree show. Yes, this is we're almost done. Uh for a fast hour. That's it. It was. But um we're asking you to check out our sponsor, mypillow.com. <clears throat> check it out. 1-800-544-8939. The holidays are coming up. It's it's almost October. So um Chris and Thanksgiving and Christmas is on its way. They have some new products, y'all. They they have some new products that many of y'all probably haven't seen yet. But I, you know, I, I was looking at um, I was looking at some of the stuff before the show. They got these uh, new pillows too. They got these. Um, I can't. I can't even. I'm, Are they the the uh, couch cushion pillows that you're talking about? They I have those. Be. They're amazing. Listen, we have four. I ordered four of them. They are the couch cushion pillows. They're little miniature my pillows that you put inside uh, that you put inside uh, one of their slips, and they are amazing. People come to the house and they're like, "What am I sitting on?" Because they know that it's not just the couch arm; it's these pillows. They're scrunchy. They're soft. You heat them in the dryer and they fluff up. So couch cushions, you actually save thirty percent on them. With the code and you won't and you won't have to worry about the supply chain issues because they're manufactured in Minnesota. I like there that. Go. There you go. There you go. So um make sure you check out go to mypillar.com. Uh use the code name Wayne for savings up to 60% mm -hmm. on your product purchase. Okay. Um it's it's very it's very uh it's very important that you let them know that you were calling from the show so that you can get 
um, these um, um, these savings because we want you to be able to uh, just deliver that to your family and your friends. We also want you to go check out neverquitwater.com. And we had Tim on here last week. He was talking about uh, the about the benefits of the machine uh, and and how the water tastes better, um, how it cleans off uh, vegetables, how it cleans off fruits, how it makes your life you you can use it for cleaning off disinfecting yeah everything in your kitchen too if you really want to and it's portable right yeah you can take it with you to a hotel room if you need to you can take it over to your mom's house maybe she suffers from inflammation like lupus well this is great for lupus it actually helps uh ease that with uh taking out the inflammation so you can take it to a friend's house and let them use it once in a while so that way they can get the full benefits as well and what you're looking at here is sprite has high acidic levels and that uh, light blue purplish right there on the right hand side that is the alkaline water and you want to be more alkaline less acidic that's how you become how you get homeostasis, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. uh, and an alkaline body is a healthy body. That's why it's called never quit water because freedom and health go together. So never quit, never quit fighting. That's right. We, um, and again, we don't, uh, we don't put up products that we don't believe in. And these mm -hmm. two products we definitely believe in, uh, neverquitwater.com and also uh, my pillar again, um, you can go there, 1-800-544-8939. If you click on MyPillar.com forward slash radio specials, those are particular specials for our show. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we're, we're trying to be on the track to get our own button there. We love button. Yeah. And, uh, for, and when you have your own button, then you have particular products specifically for your audience and deeper okay. discounts for the audience. So that's right. important and, to us. Yep. And better discounts. So uh, that's why, that's why we love pushing them because we're on our way. We're not there yet, but we are on our way. Okay. And special thanks to the lady on YouTube. She commented Wayne yesterday. She said, thank you. Um, I just bought my three inch mattress topper oh, yeah, and good. I can't think of what her name was, but uh, she just said that uh, yesterday on YouTube. So that's great. Becky, Linda, Vanessa, Martha, Scott, Debbie have become Patreon members um, since September 1st. So right now we are at one, we're still at 141, no, 142. So we're eight away from our uh, Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Show. We promised we would dress up. Hutch said he's coming as a grumpy old man. <laughs> you crack me up. I saw I saw the movie. It was a good movie. <laughs> Who's in it? Uh, Walter Matthau. Yeah, right? and, um, and Lemon Bob. Uh, Jack. Jack. Jack Lemon. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean the fit the fish the fish in the back of the yeah. thing yeah. was just like, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Woo! good show. Woo! He's like that's what movies used to be movies, there, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We want the audience to dress up too that night. Maybe they can email us or send us their pictures, uh, and we will we'll put them live on the show. Maybe. Yeah, that'd, that'd be kind of cool. All right, uh, we got to go, but we hope that y'all had a great time watching us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And if you have any questions or whatnot, just email us. Yeah. Um, download the app. There's a free app, uh, Wayne Dupree Podcast. And within that podcast, in the menu, there's a send send the, send the show a message. Yeah. And it, it's almost like a text message. If you have any questions for us, if you have any uh, anything for us, leave it there and we will read it tomorrow during the show all right all right um last words hutch uh thanks everybody like wayne said i appreciate all the patrons the new patrons and the ones that have been there for a while support our products and we'll see you tomorrow there you go uh I, i'm very upset with kathy hochel uh the governor of new york oh yeah um 
Como, I warned y'all that we could be getting somebody worse than Como. Now we've got the straight devil. She just signed an executive order at midnight last night. All those nurses lost their job. And my only question is, if you can still transmit the virus and get the virus, and you're only letting those that are vaccinated work in the hospitals, how are the hospitals any safer? If you can still transfer the virus and get the virus, I think what she did was evil, and I'm more than livid about it. So there's my little last thought. I think the audience will agree. All right. There we and go. join Patreon.com because I really want to dress up for Halloween. <laughs> I haven't in years. All right. <laughs> we out.